Okay, this is the Sharp Square podcast. This one for Monday post NFL Week 12. I hope all of you had a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Hope you got to see some family, friends, eat some good food. I know that I did. I also went gambling crazy. All sorts of games all weekend. I'm going to roll through some of those games today. Uh, Don't worry, we'll get into everything from the weekend, including the Super Contest picks. But I'm going to start with the free bet that was given on the website uh, that I like to use. They offered a free, risk-free bet on the Cowboys and Raiders game. I chose poorly. I laid the 7 with the Cowboys. They lose the game outright. But an important note here, when I was going over the game, I was all Cowboys. It's... My narrative told me it was going to be a blowout. I refused to look at the fact that my number said the number was inflated. I was just going to go with it anyway. But I was having a tough time coming up with a reason to back the Raiders. And in every game, I force myself to come up with a reason how the other side could get home. Because like I always say, if you can't think of anything, then you're probably missing something and shouldn't bet. Now this game, it wouldn't have mattered. It was a risk-free bet. You'd be silly not to bet on the game. You just had to pick a side. But what I said for the Raiders was, the Raiders have to run the ball and they have to win time of possession. Their defense could not be on the field for 35 plus minutes if they expected to win. Now, I didn't think that the Raiders would be able to do this. I thought Dallas, after only running 16 times against Kansas City, would make it an emphasis. I thought defensively they would get a push at the line of scrimmage. But when I look at the stats on Monday, the Dallas Cowboys only had 20 rushing attempts for 3.2 yards per carry. The Raiders were over 30 and averaged around four and a half yards per carry, and they won time of possession around 35 minutes to 25 minutes. The reason this is important is because when you look back, the whole point in hindsight is to see how you went wrong. Did the game play the way you thought it would? In this case, I didn't believe the Raiders would be able to dominate the run game, but the stats show me that they did. And I believe that's why they won. It's good to know, despite the fact that I wasn't on the Raiders, that I saw their path to victory. I just have to be better at picking the spots where the Raiders will be able to dominate the run like they did because it could have helped me be on the right side. Later that night, I played the New Orleans Saints. That, that was uh, no, no risk-free bet. That was all risk, and that was stupid. Here's the thing. Don't fall in love with points, okay? Sometimes you want to get the value. You want to get the best of the number. But the New Orleans Saints number kept getting higher and higher as more and more injuries were released, 
The fact that they were down a couple offensive linemen meant they wouldn't have the normal protection for the quarterback they get. They wouldn't be able to run the ball. They were down two running backs, not just Kamara, but Ingram. They were down a key pass rusher. And the New Orleans offense is essentially getting the ball out to Kamara in the flat and letting him create plays. When it comes to Alvin Kamara being out, the Sharps are going to say, well, what's he really worth? Maybe he's worth a point. That's a lot for a non-quarterback. But what I've learned is there becomes a certain point where you cannot run your offense the way it's fundamentally designed to be ran. And with all of the injuries on New Orleans, they just weren't capable of performing the way they're used to being able to perform. And that was a hornet's nest where the Bills were off an embarrassing loss, short week, got to go play indoors on a fast track. And how about that New Orleans crowd? I've done a good job this year of minimizing home field advantage. And here's one of the big problems. I saw this being an elevated home field, crazy New Orleans Thanksgiving night. The problem was as soon as the Bills had 10 points on the board, the crowd was out of the game. So if you're banking on a home field crowd to get you home for your betting victories, remember all it takes is a quick touchdown or two by the other team and your home field is almost completely erased. This was a game where I didn't have a really good like on New Orleans. But as that number kept going up, I kept seeing more value, more value. And eventually, I'm buying in, even though it wasn't one of my top likes of the week. Where this was troublesome was that after that, it made me to start to second-guess other games I wanted to play. Like the New York Giants. I touted the Giants being a great pick all week Market correction here, sell high on the Eagles who are running a college offense. There was no way running the ball 40 times a game without a quarterback who throws downfield was sustainable against a New York Giants team that everyone thought was the worst team in the NFL because they got beat on national TV the previous Monday against the former Super Bowl champ Bucks. Buy low, sell high. That was an easy play. We did get that in the contest. As far as context test picks, we were bad. Two and three this week. Had some trouble with the website that we play the contest on. I was unable to post the picks. Don't worry, they weren't worth seeing. My ultimate decision, the Steelers, was maybe the worst pick of the week. They just got blown out. I'm usually good at seeing the Pittsburgh flat spots. I had no inclination here whatsoever. And I drastically, drastically underestimate just how good the Bengals can be. That was a horrible pick on my part. It, it was dead from the opening whistle of the game. Just not very good. Uh, Mike... Continued some struggles with the ultimate decision. He had the Minnesota Vikings. There was a 
minute or two there at the end when you thought maybe they could get the backdoor cover if Kirk Cousins could just line up under the right offensive lineman, perhaps get a garbage touchdown. But really, that game was dominated from Jump Street by the 49ers. So Vikings pick from Mike, Steelers pick from me, no good. We went with the Giants and the Ugly Betty, and what do you know? Once again, we have a winner. Mike chose the Ravens as our share of square. (laughs) Listen, I got to tell you, I bet that game last night. I bet it a little bit heavy. I've got to stop betting on the Ravens because often it goes poorly. And even when you win, you're befuddled how it worked out for you. You know, Betting on Lamar Jackson is sort of like having unprotected sex with a prostitute. It's like a couple of weeks later when you get a clean bill of health, you almost can't believe that you walked away from it unscathed. That's how I feel betting the Ravens. I gotta walk away from that. It's just too much trying to watch that team perform to a level you expect in your head And yet it seems every time they play, it's this chaotic whirlwind where you never know what's going to happen. We had it in the contest, though. Got us our second win. The last game, and I bet this game as well, was the Houston Texans. How did the Houston Texans get in our contest? By default. I'll explain. Every week... I like to, on Wednesday, go over all the games and work on my narratives, work on the spots. Are they coming off of a loss? Are they heading into a game that might be a look ahead? Teams on the bye, do they have injuries? Is there a rivalry here? I come up with all my notes, but I like to do it minus any information about the point spread. I don't like any idea of where the line is because I want to think through the game just on terms of a even matchup, not point spread related. But in the contest that we play, you can pick your five games at any time and you're free to change your picks at any time up to kickoff. So it's a good idea when the lines open on Tuesday to go in and take some picks. You want to get the best of the numbers. Well, this puts me in a little bit of a dilemma because I don't want to see the lines. So what I do is I open up the page. I cover up the left side with a piece of paper. No kidding. I actually do this. And then I just look at the numbers. And if I see minus two and a halves, I take them. If I see plus three and a halves, I take them. I'm just looking for games where I might be getting the edge on a number that'll move later in the week when I do come around to really evaluating the games based on the point spread. Well, Houston minus two and a half was one of the games that I took early in the week, blind, without even trying to pick it. Now, I liked Houston yesterday. I bet it. I was in a little four-week super contest where I was really, I was close to sniffing the win there. It was a winner-take-all, 
but I was in the top 30, which gave me a chance going into last week. I was all over Houston everywhere. But I was so focused on my cash games, so focused on this separate contest, that I just said, well, me and Mike got to finish our picks. We'll do them when he gets over today. And now this was a hectic week, folks. This is not any type of blame or anything like that. We both phoned it in this week. We were the team that showed up flat, maybe went out the night before and partied a little, and showed up for the game not ready to play. We had no plan. It was Thanksgiving week. On Wednesday, we ran into a bunch of technical difficulties I did trying to put the podcast together. Mike had to go. He had things going on. He's the chef at the house, making the meal, dealing with family, ended up having some colds go around the house. It was hectic. By the time Mike got here, it was three minutes to kick off and the website was acting up. We got stuck. We couldn't change the picks until later in the afternoon when all we could do was change games that were in the four o'clock or later slot. So we got stuck with Houston. Mike didn't want Houston. Now, I was okay with it, but frankly, I got to plead ignorance here. I just assumed Mike would show up and we'd sure up the picks. We are not good at this. We discussed weeks ago how we have to have our picks when we do the podcast. And if we want to alter something, fine. But we can't be scrambling to fill spots at the last minute. You can't make procedural errors. It's hard enough when you're working your butt off to come up with five good picks. Here, not only did we put our stellar losing picks in, but we didn't even have spots filled for the contest. And we ended up with a game that shouldn't have been in there. Who knows if it would have been replaced with something good or not. I I don't know what we would have agreed upon but we really laid an egg on this one. It's, it's not fair to those of you who listen to the podcast when we base the pod on these five super contest picks and then we have a phone it in week. We, we phoned it in. We went two and three. I'm not happy with it. I survived my encounter with Lamar Jackson to make some money this week. So it was another profitable week. But this coming week, got to get back to the contest being a priority. We will take those picks seriously because I want to get our record to a winning record by the end of the year, and I believe we can do it. Thank you for listening to Hindsight 2020. We'll see you on Thursday with the PickPod.